if anyone's going to teach you how to rebuild the magic school bus. I want it to be Dolly Parton. It's going to be Dolly Parton. <laughs> Who would have thought? That just proves that she's just the queen of everything. The universe. The universe. What's up, everybody? This is Sarah, your host of Talk to the Hand podcast, a podcast about the 90s, everything you love about the 90s, and more. Happy December, 90s kids. It is finally December. The end of 2020 is in sight. And this week is our 13th episode. Um, I love the number 13. Eric loves the number 13. It's not an unlucky number, everyone. It's very lucky. Uh, we got married on the 13th, so this is going to be a good episode. And there's 13 moons in a year. So, I mean, astrology there. I asked for a 31, but I got a 13. <laughs> oh my gosh. So as you can tell, I have my husband, Eric, slash co-creator, slash producer, slash for baby daddy, slash what else are you? High school sweetheart. I'm the ghost with the most. He's the ghost with the most. <laughs> or the host with the ghost. <laughs> what? Oh my gosh. Okay, you can tell. Yeah, we're a little wily tonight. But um, but okay, so I have Eric here with me, as you can tell. Okay, so Eric, what are we talking about this week? Uh, we were talking about a show that was very dear to me growing up. Uh, something I spent many an hour watching uh, before or after school, uh, whenever I could. None other than... The Magic School Bus. We love the Magic School Bus. And I use a few sources uh, for this outline here. We have, there's been a resurgence in talking about Magic School Bus lately because uh, just this year, the summer, Elizabeth Banks uh, was cast to play Miss Frizzle in the live action movie that's supposed to come out um, in the near future. So there's been a lot of chatter. And also the beloved creator has also passed away this year as well. So there's been a lot of talk about Magic School Bus. It's been resurging back into the night into the mind of the 90s kids and the 90s kids at heart. So with that said, the sources I used, um, a variety.com article, Elizabeth Banks to play Miss Frizzle in the Magic School Bus live action movie. And then that was from June 2020. In July, um, the Magic School Bus made the world safe for weird teachers, an article from Slate. Magic School Bus, here are the five most memorable episodes from Entertainment Weekly in 2017. And then in 2020, um, a discussion from uh, the literary department at ASU, Miss Frizzle creator leaves behind a legacy of learning. And um, that was after she passed away this summer. So before we get into the topic, just want to make sure you are following us on social media. The handles are TTTH pod on Twitter. Talk to the hand pod on Instagram. Talk to the hand pod.com is our website. And you can also email me at talk to the hand pod at gmail.com. Um, so let's get into the magic school bus. Eric, what, since this is your show and I loved it too. Don't get me wrong. This is Eric's, this is really Eric's show. He was a big fan of this one. Um, why don't you give us a little background on magic school bus? 
Uh, I mean, the Magic School Bus was a show that took place in an elementary school uh, in, I don't know, middle America or whatever. It had the eccentric uh, homeroom science teacher that would take her very eclectic group of kids and their very infamous pet lizard, uh, <laughs> Lizzie, on all sorts of wild adventures on the Magic School Bus to go learn anything, you know, from the solar system to how sound works to uh, how, how the body works. I mean, they, 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 they tackled every topic, you know, that was fun and educational. I mean, it was just that show that every, every kid, you know, wanted to be in that classroom. I mean, who, who didn't want to get on that bus with Miss Frizzle and, you know, get, shrunken down and go see how something works or, you know, blast off into outer space and, you know, go fly around or, you know, explore any of those things. I mean, it was a show about, I mean, at the end of the day, it was a show about adventure and education. Yeah. Yeah, it totally was. The Magic School Bus was an American Canadian animated show, and it was based on a book series of the same name by the, as we mentioned earlier, the legendary author, children's author, uh, Joanna Cole. And it was illustrated by Bruce Dagan. So if you actually saw the show, it was very close to the illustrations of the books. So um, the creation of Miss Frizzle and the kids and all of that were um, directly brain children, literally, of Joanna Cole and Bruce Dagan. So um, Joanna Cole was actually a school teacher herself. So she had firsthand experience in trying to get kids interested in science. Um, the Magic School Bus started out as a book series. Series. There are 13 books. 13. And 13. Whoa. Synchronicity, everyone. We didn't plan it that way, I promise. And they sold 93 million copies worldwide. Cole really tapped into the young readers' curiosity about the world around them. And then the show um, came after. So that was in the 80s. What about the show, Eric? Uh, the show finally went into syndication in 1994 in the fall. Uh, premiered in September, September, early September, I believe. Which was, you know, at the time it was right at the start of the school year. I mean, we could probably even look it up and see that that might have been the first week of school for yeah. most kids that year. And it it ran from September through December. Uh, from 1994 until 1997 on uh, PBS, and then it moved to Fox Kids. Yeah, and it was very famous, like Eric mentioned earlier, for combining entertainment with education. Um, in the 90s, children's TV was dominated by cable. So 90s kids TV was Nickelodeon and Disney Channel and Animal Planet and Cartoon Network and, you know, those those stations. And so it was it was the fact that the show was on public television was absolutely huge. It was accessible to everyone, not yeah. just like the middle, you know, suburb, middle class suburb kids. This was like every kid saw it and could see it. And it was also played in school a lot. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, just the fact that, you know, it, it was founded to be mixing that entertainment with education and the fact that it was originally on PBS. I mean, that was, you know, for for the kids, really. I mean, that was for that was for for everyone. You know, Sarah mentioned a minute ago with, you know, Nickelodeon, Disney, Cartoon Network, all those shows. I mean, those are premium cable channels. I mean, not everybody had that. And I mean, those Dominated. You were lucky if you had that. Yeah, you were lucky if you had those. I mean, I, I remember going over to sleepovers yeah. where, where people had those premium cable channels and getting to see that stuff. And I went back home and I had 
PBS and the Magic School Bus. Yep. It was it was part of a, a small handful of uh, at the time a group of public TV science shows um, that were actually supported by the National Science Foundation along with Bill Nye the Science Guy. Yeah, I mean it was actually <laughs> that's so cool. Like the National Science Foundation is like here you go. We, we here's our money. We invest in research, development, and kids. Yeah, it's the future. Education for children is the future. <laughs> That's I mean. so, that is so rad. Yeah. And it was like among the highest rated PBS shows for, for kids. Um, so the show, as Eric mentioned, revolved around Miss Frizzle. She was a teacher who embarked on adventures with her magic school bus. And the school bus would transform into a plane or a submarine or a spaceship or a surfboard. And it would take them on really exciting magical field trips where they would just discover locations and creatures and time periods and stuff like that and learn about all the wonders of science along the way. Well, I think one of the cool things about, about the bus, well, mentioning that, you know, it did transform into those different things is, I mean, I think the easiest way to say it is that really it transformed to anything that the plot needed it yeah. to, which actually was really cool. I mean, Very a lot creative. of times that's kind of an easy way out, but that was the point of it. It was the magic school bus. It was, it was the vessel. Yeah. It, it was the portal. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was incredible. I mean, it, it Whatever, whatever they needed to try and scientifically explain in a fun way for kids, the bus could figure oh, it out. Oh, totally, totally. And Miss Frizzle was famously voiced by Lily Tomlin. And Lily Tomlin was pretty big in the 90s, you know, big in the 70s, 80s, and 90s, and um, just has that very comforting, very distinct voice that when Eric and I put it on, we were both like, oh, Oh, we know that voice, like not just because she's Miss Frizzle, but because it's Lily Tomlin. Like who hasn't seen her in, you know, anything like. Yeah, she was actually recently in the Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse Academy Award winning yeah. feature as on May. Yeah, um, that's cool. So, I mean, she's still uh, relevant in a, a very cool way. Yeah. And so Miss Frizzle's class were um, a group of eight multiracial fourth graders, and they all had varying quirks and very, um, you know, various senses of humor. Some commentators have said that the book just really perfectly captures what it feels like to be in that odd but good teacher's class. And it's that teacher who's unafraid to be enthusiastic, who galvanizes her students and gives them something to coalesce around. Um, it was a very wholesome show. It embraced diversity. It featured young students from many different cultures and traditions. It encouraged things like teamwork and acceptance of different skill sets among students. Um, it was really important uh, in that it actually posed questions and ideas to kids. It didn't preach at them. It, it didn't just like throw facts in their faces about science. It actually asked them questions. And then also the students themselves um, posing those questions and, and being hyper like hypercritical and and questioning things themselves and um, is really cool. Like students could recognize the problems and propose solutions rather than just being preached at. Yeah, I mean, I think I think that was a lot of the fun about the show was that you could watch episode by episode where Miss Frizzle will pose some sort of quandary or whatever, and then one of the kids will have a question about it, and then she's like, "Oh, let's go on the magic school bus and dive deeper into yeah. it." And then, you know, so she doesn't just give them a straight answer on the on the, the you know, the whiteboard, blackboard or whatever uh, about 
what they asked. She's like, oh, you, you asked about it? Out. Let's figure it out. And, you know, they get there and or to wherever they're going. And one kid asks a question. Another kid mm-hmm. asks a question. One kid offers an idea and one kid provides an explanation. And then they, they slowly start putting it together themselves. And Miss Frizzle just sits there in the background just going, oh, mm-hmm, yes. Oh, that's true. She, she um, plants she plants seeds. Yeah, she plants the seeds and fuels the yeah. right idea. She doesn't tell them explicitly, yeah. yes, you are right about that. She just, ooh. And they're like, oh, that must mean I'm on the right track. Well, and I think kids could identify with that because it wasn't an adult teaching down at them. It was them that the adult, like when I was a kid watching it, it was never about Miss Frizzle. It was just about, the. I had that real connection to the students. Well, I I think my uh, thing about it was, it was that reward for curiosity. Yeah. It, it, It was all about that. It was, it was all about asking questions and asking the right questions. And really just being allowed the freedom to try and figure something out. Yeah. I mean, that's so constructive. Uh, that's exciting. Yeah. And it's it's also confidence building because it's like, oh, you have confidence that I can figure this out? Like, that's rad. Yeah. And then you do figure it out. And then you do. You're like, okay. Like, wow. I could learn that. If I learn that, I could learn more. Like, if I could figure that out, I could figure out something bigger, something harder. I love it. I love it. it so it really did... Um, encourage the students that are watching it to really connect to the students that were in the sh- in the show who experienced science firsthand and would model attitudes and strategies and actions that the kids watching could put into practice themselves. So as we mentioned, it started in 1994 on TV by Scholastic Entertainment in September, just like Eric said, right when you go back to school for the year. Um, so Scholastic wanted to help kids learn about science in a fun way. And that's kind of ironic because dad and I just did the episode on space camp, which was basically the same thing, learning science and space and robotics and aviation in a really fun way. One of the creators from Scholastic Entertainment actually said um, they wanted to create this show from the books because this creator was hearing concerns from teachers about not being able to teach science and and they needed to improve science education. And one of the producers um, actually had a teacher that was a lot like Miss Frizzle and just jumped on, you know, said Miss Frizzle reminded him of his teacher and just jumped on on the project. So it really came together naturally in the 90s. Um, And then there's, if you watch the show, if you watch it, stream it now, um, you have probably seen the ending segment to it, which is called The Producer Says. And that's when after, um, you know, So the episode ends, the story ends, and then there's this really fun little um, kind of interlude of kids from all over the world phoning in to the magic school bus. And then when that ends, there's a little section called Producer Says, and that is um, basically a recap of what you've learned in the episode. And what it usually is, is a character either from the episode or a ghost character, this ghost producer sitting in a chair and the phone rings and it's a student that has questions about the episode and what you learned. And sometimes the students call the producer out and say, oh, well, isn't this the case? And the producer would explain. And it was very much a um, a hyper-focused like reiteration of the lesson that they learned and go, went into a little bit deeper um, subject matter about it. And it was short. It wasn't very long. It was a couple minutes long. But that producer says segment um, at the end of the episode was actually um, the space that would take up for the commercials on TV. So 
when you saw it on commercial networks like PBS or Fox News, the producer says segment was not shown because that was where they would put the, the TV ads. But if you saw it in international networks, non-commercial networks or VHS releases, you saw that producer says segment. And now if you stream it, it has all the producer sites. So I thought that was. I mean, I feel like I feel like with that, you know, maybe. Maybe a lot of us really did actually get to see the producer. I think I segment. saw a few of them. Yeah, because I, I remembered like, it. Well, yeah, I, I kind of remembered it too, and like I, I feel like that would have been when we saw it in in school. You know, when our mm -hmm. when our school would have had the VHS yeah. tapes, and they would have shown it to us uh, at that point in time, and that might have been when we see it. Or yeah, I think yeah. so. I think so. I think I do it, remember seeing it. Yeah, it's a very interesting segment. You know, it's 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 a good fun little just quick recap. You yeah. know, just really to hammer it in, just boom, there you go. Sum up the whole thing real quick. Cliff notes. Yeah. Yep. And then if you remember the song, Right on the Magic School Bus, I can still hear it in my head. If you Right on the Magic School Bus. <laughs> okay, that's gonna be your intro. <laughs> if you could I can still hear it in my head. It's performed by Little Richard. Um, and it's just so catchy. It's so it's so fun. You can't um, you can't just gloss over the fact that it was done by Little Richard. Well, I'm not. Okay. Expand on this, Eric. <laughs> Little Richard. <laughs> Done. <laughs> he did the theme song. That's incredible. It's so rad. You That's you, incredible. Yeah, you gotta go listen to it. Pull it up on Spotify or YouTube or wherever you find your songs um, and do it legally, please. Thank you very much. And um, it also spawned a lot of computer and video games uh, released from about 1994 to 2000. And it was released, those video games were released on Microsoft Home. I can still remember those those games too. I totally, and I remember buying them in the boxes and you get them at computer fairs or at the school book fair. At the school book fair. If your school had a book fair that had computer programs. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that was a big deal. I remember those games. And then, um, lastly about kind of the background and history of, of the books and the show, uh, Joanna Cole, the author passed away this year, um, this summer at 75 years old. And she truly has an incredible legacy. Like I said, she was a school teacher herself. She wrote the books, um, first. So there were 13 books total, um, nine books during the heyday. So four have come out really since, but the, she was really just, you know, I, she's really idolized among the, um, like children's literary community, the librarian community, just really, really, um, just really idolized for how she was able to relate to kids. And, and, you know, truthfully, like, I have to think that she there's a little part of her that was in Miss Frizzle and a little part of her students and, and maybe some specific students or maybe just kind of like like aggregates of her students in the characters. And I just have to think she was probably basing Miss Frizzle a little bit on her, you know, alter ego magical self. So, yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, I, I can't help but imagine that, you know, she would put some of herself, especially having the experience of being a school teacher into that. I mean, you know, if you're if you're writing a story about a magical school teacher, when you are a school teacher, it's not hard to make the stretch that that was kind of her fantasy. She wished she could have been. Well, she result. clearly is. Yeah. And because I, I, she's a, she's a impacted so many kids. Right. And I, I, I think in a way, decades. like I'm actually getting goose flesh. Yeah. I'm just thinking about it. I mean, I, I think in a way she actually truly kind of was Miss Frizzle yeah. in that she did magically in a way inspire. Uh, if anything, she inspired curiosity in you. Yeah. I mean, they, they, her whole thing was she just wanted to make education fun 
and accessible and exciting and exciting and for for nobody to feel badly about ever asking any question when it came to furthering their own knowledge yeah totally that's great yeah so joanna cole girlfriend wherever you are right now thank you so much we know you are miss frizzle (laughs) you are the inspo the og miss frizzle I'll drink to that. Yeah. Cheers. (laughs) Cheers. So um, I wanted to touch on a few of the key themes um, presented. I wanted to go over Miss Frizzle herself, and uh, we'll talk about a few um, notable episodes and the legacy really quickly. We'll go through those. Um, So some key themes we have here. So obviously we have education and education. I mean, we're talking about real scientific topics. So we're talking about things like the body, digestive system, immune system, recycling, the food chain, habitats, decomposition, desert adaptation, sound, forces, seeds, ants, weather, volcano, body mechanics, bats, butterflies, water cycle, microbes, engines, flight, energy, floating and sinking, warm and cold-blooded, archaeology, color, all those fun things, air pressure, wetlands, and so much more. There was so much. It was actually super, super, super scientific. And the educational component of it cannot be, just really cannot be overstated. It truly was educational. I mean, even as an adult, I learned things watching it. Yeah. I mean, the, the show was literally designed to be educational at that, you know, more juvenile level. So, I mean, even, even right now, you know, watching the show, I mean, there, there's things that I've forgotten since my, my years in school and I'll, I'll still learn a, a thing or two. And that's wonderful. I mean, you know, and, and with education came fun an adventure. I mean, I can't that help but think. That was the second think, theme. Yeah, fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I can't help but think some of these themes were kind of born after watching Indiana Jones, <laughs> where they made education fun, yeah, adventurous, but Indiana exciting. Indiana Jones is not like real archaeology. <laughs> and a magic At school all. bus isn't really like <laughs> real education true. in elementary school. <laughs> It made it, it it just reinforced that education was fun. And, you know, most of the science stuff that was uh, presented at the time, uh, the information, the litany of facts about the topic, um, the Magic School Bus did a really good job of incorporating those, you know, fantastical, you know, elements with the realistic fiction and the nonfiction, as well as a lot of humorous quips. Yeah. I mean, it just had, blended so many genres. Yeah. I mean, you had a Ralphie that was sitting there and he was making jokes all the time, but he would also ask a lot of serious questions, too. I mean, yeah. it was a great combination of of uh, the two things. With that, I mean, the the editors, they were kind of initially concerned with how to mix fun and education to make it in a way that it wouldn't be off-putting. And to, they had to appeal to like educators too, yeah, they not had just to, kids. Right, right. They had to make it so the educators that were trying to teach that stuff were like, oh, wow, they did a really good job of explaining that. Yeah. I can show that in my lesson and make it fun for the kids for a little bit. Yeah, and, and they use it as a tool too. Exactly. And it was designed to be that. That's why it was on PBS and not fancy cable. I mean, they wanted education to be accessible to everyone. And that's why the Science Foundation helped fund it. That's so cool. I still think that's so cool. (laughs) Yeah. And they did fun kid stuff, too. So they sang songs. They still made messes. They explored things. They had that childlike wonder that we all missed so much. Um, Another theme is that Eric and I really noticed when we were watching these again um, is inclusivity and uh, kind of this this idea of common good. Um, the cast, the kids were multiracial, very diverse, um, but none of them were blatant stereotypes. Eric had a really good insight about 
about the inclusivity and diversity of the kids of the magic school bus. Yeah, I, I was kind of thinking when we were, when we had it on again the other day that it, like as, as far as the inclusivity goes, that it was almost like kind of like Star Trek for kids in a way. I mean, if you look at how how progressive that original Star Trek series was that came out in the '60s, I mean, <clears throat> that cast of being so so interracial and not having those blatant gender stereotypes that I, it was really really ahead of its time with that stuff. You know, much like Star Trek was, and it, it it was all about everybody on that on that crew, everybody on the USS Enterprise, everybody on the Magic School us all having their their equal role in the matters nobody was was you know put down for anything nobody was a, a higher level or tier or anything than anybody else like they all equally helped with everything and helped you know further the the education yeah. and, the, and the knowledge and everything i mean it, it you know it, the quest or it, the problem yeah, or yeah, they like, all were part of the solution yeah, everybody had a part of it and it wasn't like one person was the stereotype that was the butt of the joke yeah. every time you or, know it was like yeah. sometimes one kid would say or do something funny and sometimes it would be another kid yeah but it was just a thing that a kid did that was funny just because they're a kid yeah it was very equal so the fourth and Final theme that we kind of picked out. Um, so the, the first three were education, fun and adventure and inclusivity and common good. The fourth one that we kind of picked out was self-development. So it was really the show was really about challenging yourself and doing it, doing it while you're scared, even though you're scared. Do it while you're afraid, even though you're afraid. Just do it anyway, because that's the only way to grow. Um, it was all about questioning, question everything, question your methods, figure things out yourself. Um, even Miss Frizzle's catchphrase was, what was it? Take chances, make mistakes, and get messy. Perfect. Absolutely. Just question everything and take initiative. Be brave. So she was really all about that. I mean, we, we watched the episode in the haunted house where um, they were, you know, I think it was, I think it was Arnold was scared to go into the haunted house. I can't remember. It was one of the students. Yeah. Was, Ar Arnold, Arnold was scared to go into it, but Carlos, he was super into it because he heard all sorts of crazy sounds coming out of it and he was trying to make a new musical instrument. That's right. And so he was telling everybody like, no, no, we need to go in here. And they were like, we're not going into a haunted house. But Miss Frizzle was just like, just do it. Yeah, Why are you like, scared? Do yeah. it anyway. Yeah, face your fears. Face it. Learn something. Yeah. Yeah, learn something. You can learn from something. And she also, make mistakes. You know, I I have a coach that says, um, there's no such thing as a mistake. Like everything you, it, there's are just lessons. You either win or you, you don't lose. You either win or you learn. That was Bob Ross. Or Bob Ross said that too. Only happy little accidents. Exactly. <laughs> So, so that was really the fourth theme that we kind of pulled out. So Miss Frizzle, I just wanted to kind of touch on Miss Frizzle and just kind of her impact. I have a theory about Miss Frizzle, but we're going to talk about her first for a little bit. But Miss Frizzle was voiced by, like we said, was Lily Tomlin, uh, was the original Kate McKinnon from SNL, did the reboot of Miss um, Frizzle's voice. And then, as we mentioned, Elizabeth Banks is uh, the Frizz, as her students called her in the upcoming movie. Miss um, Frizzle. Frizzle's full actual name I learned was Valerie Frizzle. And there's a really cool Slate article about Miss um, Frizzle and how she allowed other teachers to really embrace their weird side and made it okay to be weird. Um, and I'm going to actually link that in the show notes because it's a really great article, really wonderful um, tribute to Joanna Cole, the creator who passed away this year, as we mentioned. And uh, yeah, so this article basically says Miss Frizzle deserves to be installed in the pantheon of fictional teachers 
alongside male authority figures like John Keating and Albus Dumbledore. 100% agree. Yeah. She's way cooler than Dumbledore. He yeah. literally has dumb in his name. <laughs> Oh my God. And then, and then this article also said there's a Miss Frizzle in like every elementary school. This part, this Miss Frizzle is a big fish in the small pond. She's exuding self-possession. She's the teacher that older students and older siblings pass down to these stories to their younger students or the younger siblings. You never fall asleep in that class because you never want to. Um, And like we said earlier, there was an executive at Scholastic that had his own Miss Frizzle. And that's why, that's why they really wanted to, uh, turn this into a show and really give her, you know, animate her, literally animate her. She's so animated already, but, you know, it was almost like myth, mystical and mythical that they could actually turn her into a living, breathing person with Lily Tomlin's voice. I mean, they literally immortalized her. Yeah. Oh, totally, totally. And she had this, you know, as she was drawn by illustrator Bruce Degen, had this vigorous red hair that constantly escapes from a messy bun, a messy updo, which... Eric and I can both relate to. My hair is perfect all of the time. <laughs> we can both relate to that. Um, she wears dresses with prints that reflect the subjects that she's teaching. So she and she also makes several clothing changes during the episode. So she's wearing a dress with rocket ships or she's wearing a dress with body parts or tadpoles or peapod earrings or piano earrings or sandwich earrings we i think the one the recycling episode we watched she had sandwich earrings um she wears shoes with big bumblebees on them and she has a lizard sidekick named lizzie okay so this is where my theory is i think miss frizzle's a witch and lizzie is her familiar how is she not yeah theory debunked (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on like She's super witchy. She yeah. she no, uses her diverse interests, her complete fearlessness, her um, unflagging cheer, and she annoys and bewitches her students. She just really is just eccentric and just but but very kind. She's her her students' loyalty is so well earned because she isn't overbearing. She isn't forceful. She's just so eccentric and lovable and just always a generous, encouraging. Yeah. Encouraging and accepting. I mean, I think, you know, those are two of the biggest, you know, things you could possibly want in an educator is, you know, just being accepting of everything that you are and come from and encouraging every question that you have about learning something new. Yeah. And it's funny because some of the students would um, would say, like, why can't we just have spelling tests like other kids? But by the end of the episode, they were just bubbling over with, you know, that enthusiasm that the frizz kind of she could she planted that seed. And I read in the Slate article um, there was they called they they pulled up a quote from another another author who called her the facilitator of inquiry and that there are so many of these magical facilitators mr rogers lavar burton bill nye the other thing about her is she was almost never the hero of the day the recognition and of the problem and the proposal of the solutions always came from the kids yeah always i mean she she never sat there and answered the question right there for the kids or solve the problem, solve the issue or, or whatever. She always left it up to them and she would just try and encourage them along the right track. I mean, it was almost like a game of hot and cold. Yeah, it was with, literally was. With her yeah. expressions. I mean, you know, it the, really was. the episode would literally turn one way if they started going the wrong way. Yeah. And then once they started on the right track again, it would start slowly picking up, but there was never a shortcut. It was always, Learn. Yeah. If, if you want to know how this works, figure it out. 
figure it out. And I'm and here if you get in major trouble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm here if you get in major trouble. But look, I have enough faith in you. Yeah, I have faith in you. That's the critical part. That you'll get it done. And you're you're not going to blow yourself up. And that's what you need as a kid. You just need someone to have faith in you. Yeah. That's it. You can figure it out yourself. We all have that ability to, you know, figure it out and do our capabilities and our, our scales. And, and it's, it's just, she really was like just this kind of under this foundation of the hero being kids. So it was just, everyone was, it was a win-win for everyone. <laughs> and it was also, if you, if you read the books or if you even just watched the show again, you could see um, the Frizz loved a lot of stuff in her classroom, her lizard in her cage. She had shell collections, posters, and she had a ton of plans, which just reiterates. Helps with oxygen and helps you breathe. No, it reiterates that she's, well, yes, that. She, and she would tell you, she would give you a... It helps clean the room. It helps clean the air. It helps with all of those things. That was such a Miss Frizzle student answer. But Miss Frizzle herself would tell you that she has a lot of plants because she's a witch. Anyway, moving on. Notable episodes. Okay, so one of the things about the episodes that I thought was really interesting is the names were mostly actions and verbs. So the, so they were gets eaten or hops home meets the rot squad or in the haunted house yeah plays ball like it was always the magic school bus hops home it, it but the but but it was just such an interesting way to name the the episodes because it was very action oriented which the episodes were themselves too yeah, yeah i feel like that was a really good subconscious way too of letting you know that something was gonna happen it wasn't stagnant you know it wasn't like the gang sits at the bar yeah i wanted we wanted to go over just a couple of notable episodes um that everyone will probably remember the first one i wanted to uh introduce is actually the show's pilot it is uh gets lost in space and this this is what introduces us to what Miss Frizzle's field trips are really like. And it starts the show off with a bang. So if you remember, the students are learning about the solar system and they hop in the bus. The bus takes them to outer space and they go on a uh, tour of the planet, starting with the sun, even the sun's on planet. And um, they, they just hopscotch to each planet. And yeah. Janet... They have, well, I mean, uh, you know, they have they have a whole tour through the solar system, um, you know, from, you know, starting with the sun, but then planet the inner to planets, planet, and uh, then the outer you planets. Know, yeah. I mean, explaining, you know, each planet by its relation to the sun and, you know, going further out from it's the sun, it's, it's, it's color. temperature, it's gravity, what its weather might have been yeah. like. I mean, this was all scientifically accurate yeah. from what was understood at that point in time. I mean, that. That was incredible. <laughs> what was the big takeaway from this episode? Arnold's life. Oh, my Almost. God. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert, by the way. Oh, so everyone's they, seen it. Maybe they haven't. <laughs> uh, at the end of the episode, they're on Pluto, which at the time was still technically a planet, um, isn't anymore. Arnold, in an effort to prove his cousin Janet, you know, wrong or, or whatever, he's on the surface of Pluto and takes off his helmet and his head freezes. I mean, that was kind of a horrifying thing at the same that time, too. That was the first episode. I mean, yeah, that, was, that was the pilot episode. Like, hey, we're going to take these kids to space and go to the coldest place in the known yep. solar system and have a fourth grader take make his helmet off and freeze his head. To make a point. To make a point. And then he comes home and just has the... The sniffles. And he's just... 
Got a little flu, <laughs> little cold, if yeah. you will. So then another another episode of the show that is very notable is Inside Ralphie. Every fan will remember this episode. Ralphie gets sick and his mom, who's a doctor, refuses to let him go to school. So Miss Frizzle says, uh, tells the class that Ralphie is not in today, but he has an amazing battle going on inside him. So, of course, the class gets interested because it's Miss Frizzle telling them that there's, you know, something interesting going on. And um, they decide to find out and learn about whatever it is that's making him sick. So they shrink down, enter a cut on his leg and explore and go through his veins to travel to his sore throat and learn about what's making him sick. And once they're inside, they get an up close look at how white blood cells defend the body from infection um and then in the bus they forget to stay out of the crossfire of the white blood cells as these cells see the bus as a threat and attempt to devour it so actually very very interesting lesson that is truly how the white blood cells in the immune system work so then another another episode was the busosaurus if do you remember this one eric I vaguely remember this one. So, kind of remember because I think- This is a dinosaur I, one. Yeah, I mean, I, I can guess from the, from the name. <laughs> I can kind of put some things together, but yeah, I don't exactly remember this one as well. Yeah, so this one is where uh, Miss Frizzle's old friend, Dr. Carmina Skeleton, which was voiced by Rita Marino, um, brings the kids. So so Miss Frizzle brings the kids to Dr. Carmina Skeleton's dinosaur dig, and um, she lets Arnold see a fossilized dinosaur egg as they're leaving and then he still has it in his pocket so they go back in time um, when they when they leave and so they go back to the era of this particular dinosaur egg and one of the dinosaur they learn all about dinosaurs they learn about you know these eras the the archaeological and um, paleontology behind it um, and one of the dinosaurs actually steals the egg and he and Phoebe have to chase after it and they get lost from the rest of the class so the rest of the class has to find them and Arnold in the end squares off with the T-Rex so it's pretty exciting it's it's one of those things it was a really fun way to learn about um, you know very fourth grade version of paleontology. I mean, I, I think that does sound awesome, but I, I think, you know, when I think of 90s and dinosaurs, my Jurassic Park brain goes straight to Jurassic Park. And I, I can't think of anything else from the <laughs> 90s that has to do with dinosaurs. It's yeah, but not all Jurassic Park. Yeah, but some kids were scared. Like I got nightmares from Jurassic Park. So this was too. a good way. <laughs> I think that's probably why I remember it so much is all the terrifying night yeah. terrors I had from it. This So Bessasaurus was the way was the way to get your dinosaur fix in <laughs> if you were scared of Jurassic Park. So the family holiday special was the last one I wanted to talk about because we because are the in the holidays right now. And Eric, what makes this episode so special? It's the holiday episode. What oh else my gosh. No, there's an even <laughs> bigger surprise, everyone. It is the one and only queen of the universe. Dolly Parton is a cameo and she plays Miss Frizzle's cousin Murph. So the Murph. Queen of nine to five herself yeah the queen of nine to five so she murph is actually works at a recycling plant so they go to visit her and learn how recycling works um and you know all kinds of shenanigans ensue uh the bus actually falls apart and to um solve all these issues they obviously they learn about sorting they learn about how um it's really important to recycle and um, the bus actually unrecycles itself falls apart. And to put it back together, the team is led in song by Murph. And there are a ton of really fun holiday recycle theme Christmas songs 
by Dolly Parton in this episode. Yeah, I mean, she's <laughs> It was so cool. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they remixed The 12 Days her, of Recycling. Yeah, the 12 Days of Recycling. I mean, they, they really parodied Christmas songs for They even recycling. did the dreidel song, too. Yeah, 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 they did the dreidel song. And I mean, it was incredible. I mean... I, so cute. I mean, it was the, the mid-90s. It, it was 1994, and they got... Dolly Parton mm-hmm. for the Christmas episode. The the when, sorry, the holiday special because it was yeah. not. It was a Christmas. It wasn't. Episode. They were inclusive. Yeah, it was a holiday episode, uh, and it was wonderful. Yeah. Uh, Dolly Parton was brilliant in it. I mean, she still had, you know, like that that Southern charm yeah. carried over with her. You know, being the one that led the recycling plan. Smart and, as hell. Yeah, smart as hell. Showed the kids how to recycle, what to recycle, and then how to rebuild the. Bus. I mean, <laughs> if anyone's going to teach you how to rebuild the magic school bus, I want it to be Dolly Parton. It's going to be Dolly Parton. <laughs> Who would have thought? That just proves that she's just the queen of everything. The universe. The universe. So the legacy of the magic school bus, um, there was a revival series in 2014. Netflix revived it with a new show called Magic School Bus 360 with a modernized Miss Frizzle and a high-tech bus that stressed modern inventions like robotics, wearables, and camera technology. Um, the producers hoped to captivate children's imaginations and motivate their interest in the science, just like, uh, what, 20 years before in 1994. That's interesting. That was 20 years exactly later. Um, Lin-Manuel Miranda rebooted the theme song, which is pretty freaking cool, too. And as we mentioned, um, there was a uh, just announced in in June this year, 2020, there's going to be a film adaptation uh, with Elizabeth Banks to play Miss Frizzle. And she's also producing the film. So, you know, it's going to be good. So there's a lot of nostalgia. There's a lot of, um, you know, Miss Frizzle herself is very comforting. Uh, Millennials who grew up watching it have gone through some hard shit and we've had to experience things like we stepped into adulthood right at the beginning of a recession. Um, you know, we turned into the burnout generation. Um, there's just something so comforting about the promise and wonder and wonder and imagination of magic school bus. And also just, there's, it just makes you feel good to and productive when you watch it. And so there has been a real resurgence in nostalgia for the magic school bus. I think you can buy, unlicensed and licensed merch you can buy lots of really cool prints on etsy and clothes on all kinds of things like there's there really is still this love this deep love well i I think part of that resurgence and part of that nostalgia coming from it or or for it you know might stem from the fact that you know people like us our age that grew up on it that loved it that watched it there's a lot of us that already have kids. You know, we don't have kids right now, but you know, there's a lot of people our age that do, and they need something fun and educational to show their kids. And what better than what got them interested and excited about, you know, learning and education and stuff than the magic school bus. I mean, it, I mean, we're in the age of, you know, reboots and revivals and stuff. And I mean, we've already got Pinky and the Brain and Animaniacs coming back. Why not the magic school bus? Absolutely. I mean, I, I think that, is brilliant. I think that'll be wonderful, especially if they really try and modernize it with kind of what the world is like now. I mean, I, I think that could be that could be really fun. Yeah, I That's think exciting. so too. I think so too. We could always use another magic school best Miss Frizzle in, you know, mainstream pop culture. Always. Always something that's needed. There can never be too many Miss Frizzles, in my opinion. I will always get on that bus. <laughs> yeah. If you see that bus, never say no to a trip on that. <laughs> so I just wanted to close this out with a um, quote about uh, 
about the show from that Slate article that I really enjoyed. Like I said, I'm going to link it in the show notes. Um, Make sure you check it out. Reading these books during a pandemic with no idea when my child will have the chance to be one of a group of kids again has me feeling a surge of nostalgia for the whole collective experience of school. The boring parts, the annoying parts, the funny parts, those rare and magical afternoons when all of a sudden your whole class suddenly gets it. All hail the frizz and the other weird teachers who make that possible. I don't know about you. I got goosebumps from that. (laughs) Yeah. I'll I'll cheers to that one. Cheers to that. Sante. Okay. So the special segment this weekend um, is going to be our little version of producer says we're going to be doing a um, dear frizz advice question and answer session. Um, and I have a few questions here that were submitted and we're going to answer them as if we are this, the frizz. All right. You ready for this, Eric? I don't know if I could ever be fully ready to put my mind in the mind of the frizz, but I will do my frizzle list <laughs> to get into my frizzle list. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. Diddly. <laughs> So I'm having trouble at work. Dear Frizz, I'm having trouble at work. I can't seem to find motivation to get better or improve. I feel stagnant. What do I do? So I'll I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I think she would say. I think she would say, um, she would, she would tell you to think outside of the box. And is there a project you can get involved in? Get messy, make mistakes, challenge yourself ask questions. So I think she would say, okay, so you're in this job, you are feeling stagnant. Obviously you're motivated to push yourself forward. So find some project, come up with a project. If you can't find one within the, the walls of your company or your workplace, come up with something, come up with a project that will propel you forward and get messy, challenge yourself. I mean, I I think that's, that's, Definitely a good response. I mean, I think she would definitely say to, to try and challenge yourself, to try and, you know, find something there, you know, really like investigate or really like, you know, question yourself. Why am I, why am I bored? You know, what am, why, what am I missing? Why do I feel stagnant? You know, like. What do I want to learn? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, what do I want to learn about my job, you know, I mean, is there, is there, you know, maybe, maybe you feel stagnant because maybe you feel like in your current spot, you've already capped out, you've learned what there is to learn, but what's next? There are new skills. There's, there's always, there's, new always skills. there's, there's literally always something you can learn. And I think, you know, she would just tell you or try to remind you that there is always something to learn. You just sometimes have to look for it. Yep. Totally. Okay. That's a great answer. All right. Number two, dear Frizz, my best friend always needs to show people how smart or cultured or interesting she is. It's exhausting. How do I deal with this? Put her on a magic school bus and let it decide where to take her because it will show her that she doesn't know anything about anything. There you go. I mean, literally (laughs) just get on that bus because I don't care what or how much you think you know about something. You can always learn totally about it. Well, and and I think that's one thing that Miss Frizzle did, too, is she didn't shame you for not knowing everything. Or even if you thought you knew everything, she didn't like shame you for it. She's just like, hop in, (laughs) hop in. (laughs) I, I have something to show you. So, okay, number three, dear Frizz, how do you wear such funky clothes all the time? Comfortably. And confidently. And confidently. That's the thing. That's the thing about the frizz. And I just knew Eric was going to say that too. That's the thing about the frizz is it's 
you just wear it with confidence. That was one of the things too. Eric told me when, when, when we first started dating this time around, when we first started dating, um, there was like a, a sweater or something I wanted. And I remember going, how would I, I don't even know how to wear that. And Eric, what was your response? With confidence. With confidence. You got to wear anything you want. You be yourself. Be yourself. If you want to wear purple dresses with body parts on them or shoes with giant bees on them or earrings. I'm a purple shirt right now. Or earrings with sandwiches on them. You do you, boo. You are authentic. You are perfect. Be yourself. Express yourself. And that is exactly what Miss Prizzle would tell you. Um, so those are her questions. I think we got her essence down pretty well, don't you? I think Lily Tomlin, uh, Kate McKinnon, Kate McKinnon, and uh, Miss Cole uh, and Elizabeth Banks might be okay with this. Yeah, I think so too. Oh yeah, especially Miss Cole. We we just have to just bow down to Joanna Cole. Wow, what a visionary! What yeah. an incredible woman. Yeah. Oh, oh, and Elizabeth Banks. Same questions. Get back to us. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. I'll be waiting your tweet. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you everyone for joining us. That is the Magic School Bus. Um, thank you, producer, co-creator, fur baby daddy, twin flame, my husband. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you for having me. It's been fun, as always. And Can't I had fun. I know I had fun watching Magic School Bus with you this week. Uh, we're going to do that in just a few minutes. Oh, I'm sure we are. Um, please remember to follow us on social media, TTTHPod on Twitter, Talk to the Hand Pod on Instagram. You can go to our website, talktothehandpod.com. Make sure you go visit because you can sign up for weekly TGI flashback Friday emails. It is a weekly dose of nostalgia to your inbox every Friday morning and just a way to kickstart your weekend because who all remembers Fridays just being the best when you're kid blockbuster pizza hut you know friday's the best so sign up and you can email us at talk to the at gmail.com let us know what did you think about the magic school bus did you watch the show in the 90s what was your favorite episode do you love Ms. Frizzle as much as we do? Do you love the Magic School Bus? How do you feel about Lizzie? Where if, would you go? If you were Mrs. Frizzle, what would your familiar be? Would you have <laughs> a lizard? Would you have Black a cat. three-legged cat? Would you have a... big, a, old with great Pyrenees dog. Yeah, well, what would you have? I mean, uh, tell us. We yeah, let us it. know. Let us know. And please remember to be safe, socially distanced, mask up, be a good human this holiday season. All right, so we will see you next week. Thank you, honey. Thank you. And we will have a very fun topic with travel vlogger Nick. And until then, have a wonderful week, 90s kids. And please remember, be excellent to each other. Party on, dudes.